0: addiction can't always be cured, and relapse is an inevitable part of the process, um, that it can still be treated. And even in regards to this conversation about choices, we don't get to choose whether we have an addiction, but we do get to choose to pursue treatment. We do get to make positive choices toward healing and toward getting better and towards
1: addressing our addictions. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Three Words, a bite-sized podcast about the significant and strategic choices that we can all make in order to become the very best versions of ourselves. My name is Dr. Michael Brown. I am the host of this Three Words podcast, and today I'm joined by my oldest son, Justin Brown, to follow up with a podcast that we promised would come in the future when we had the conversation about resist, the temptation. So we talked about resist the temptation. Today's three words are. Yeah, dad. So thank you. Today's three words are address your addiction. So when I think about addiction, this is how I've defined it. It's a deliberative series of actions that we engage in that might produce temporary short-term positive rewards. But oftentimes then delayed long-term negative Consequences. Mm. Your thoughts about that? Yeah, I I think
0: um, I like that thought, but I think it's incomplete. Okay. I think a lot on this podcast, on three words and with DMB coaching, we'd share this notion of life is about choices Mm. and our lives are 95% about our choices. And we always have 100% control over every choice in our lives. And Mm. while I think that's true, I think it's incomplete because I do think that there are situations, and I do think there are scenarios that make healthy choices really, really hard. Um, So I'm really glad we're having this conversation because whereas resist the temptation, this is address your addiction. So I think the big distinction between, uh, between temptation and addiction is that I see temptation as human condition. This is a reality for all humans. Whereas I think addiction is a disease. Okay, wow. Yeah. So I think even in particular, if I could go on, that, that notion of addiction as a disease, uh, I think it can bring about some feelings and emotions in people, maybe um, some fear, maybe some concern or defensiveness. But I think the notion of addiction as a disease can be really, really freeing mm. for some individuals for a couple of reasons. One, because uh, addiction and disease in particular can be explained. That we we know why it exists, that we don't have to wonder, oh, why is this happening to me? No one ever experiences this. It can actually be explained. Okay. Secondly, I think addiction, and in particular just diseases in general, are not entirely our fault. Uh, you even think about, I can't think of one medical diagnosis that is 100% our fault and has no other factors contributing. In a particular with this conversation of addiction, um, people who have family backgrounds of addiction based on their genetics can have really strong propensities for developing addiction. And even things that are out of their control, like, um, like systemic racism, like generational poverty and economic inequality, traumatic experiences in childhood, these things can contribute to the disease of addiction and are not in any way the fault of the person who's experiencing that. And then finally, um, mm. that that disease that addiction as a disease, it's freeing to think about it this way because diseases can be treated. And for those that are struggling with and wrestling with and, and finding themselves um overcome by addiction that they can't escape, there is hope because as addiction is a disease, addiction can
1: be treated. You know, I love the fact that you use that phrase there is hope. Hmm. Because I'm guessing for many of our listeners and viewers today, um, I don't know if it's many, I don't even know the percentage of sure. how many of our listeners or viewers would be struggling with an addiction. Hmm. Because, you know, whether it's gaming or entertainment addiction or sexual addiction or substance addiction, I don't know what different categories you think of addiction, but I think addiction is across the board in a variety of ways. Sure. And, and I like how you're adding that component of not just choices and actions, but disease. But I think for all of us who are struggling with an addiction to know that there is hope, mm. uh, if there's one message to hear today, it would be that right. And um I, I think because of that, I would really encourage that this might be the moment where you actually look in the mirror mm. Or even say to a close friend or relative to admit the addiction. And not just to admit out loud the addiction, but then also acknowledge the way that it has negatively affected you and maybe those that you love. Hmm. And then finally, really ask for help. Finally say, Would you help me? Maybe it's a medical professional. It sure. sounds like that's what you're suggesting. Yeah. A medical professional, would you help me? But hmm. I mean, humility's hard. Yeah. Um, being honest is scary. Acknowledging weakness for many of us is terrifying, and, and and I guess in many ways that's what I'm encouraging to to admit, to acknowledge, and then to ask for help. Hmm. Your thoughts on that? Yeah,
0: I, I want to share this idea of of addiction cannot always be cured, but it can always be treated. Hmm. Um, and I think for for those of us that are wrestling with and navigating addictions in our own lives this idea of relapse can feel really scary Mm. that when um, similar to our conversation about resist the temptation, but with addiction, even more so that, that addiction cannot necessarily be beat forever or eliminated Mm. forever for many people. And I, I know even with this episode, we went back and forth on the language of, should we call it reverse your addiction or kill your addiction or mm-hmm. eliminate but I, I I really was advocating for this conversation of address your addiction
1: mm-hmm.
0: which which alludes to this reality that that while addiction can't always be cured and relapse is an inevitable part of the process um, that it can still be treated And even in regards to this conversation about choices, we don't get to choose whether we have an addiction, but we do get to mm-hmm. choose, to pursue treatment. We do get to make positive choices toward healing and toward getting better and towards addressing
1: our addiction. Hello everyone, it's Dr. Michael Brown here checking in. I wanted to pause and just take a moment to thank you, to thank you for spending your time with us today. You see here at DMB Coaching, we believe that time is our most valuable resource. It can either be spent or it can be invested. We hope that you believe that you are making an investment today in yourself by taking a few minutes and listening in on this conversation. Believe it or not, friends, we've never made one penny from this podcast. It's simply created to help you and others become the very best version of yourself. All we ask is that if you enjoy what you hear, would you consider sharing it with a friend or maybe leaving a review on your favorite podcasting app? We would truly appreciate it. Okay. Now back to the episode. Well, I know is I have worked with clients and have been in this role of mentor and life coach for many, many years. Um, when I get to a point where I realize, wow, I'm dealing with someone who has a very serious addiction. Mm-hmm. I, I know my boundaries that I'm not able to help them in the way that they need to be helped. And yeah. I will refer them, of course, into uh, spaces and places with psychologists and um medical doctors and so forth who can really help. Sure. Um, but I think what I find is the first step is the hardest and that's to acknowledge it. Right. And
0: that's why that's the, yeah. you know, when you think about AA meetings, Alcoholics mm. Anonymous, you always hear on TV and have seen people say, hi, my name is Justin and I am an alcoholic that they actually, at the beginning of their meetings before they would interact, that they would acknowledge that because there's power in releasing that into the air yeah. into acknowledging You know, you're not going to be able to fix your addiction and you're not going to be able to address your addiction if you can't first acknowledge and admit that it exists. And I think
1: as well to acknowledge that um, addictive choices, addictive behaviors, they're illegitimate, Hmm. illegitimate uh, reactions to legitimate needs. I mean, we all have at the very root of any addiction, there's going to be a real, honest, true, genuine need. Yeah, But we try to meet that need in illegitimate ways. Mm. And what I found as well is that addicts, those who are struggling with addiction in whatever realm, whatever category, there tends to be this sense that we're masters of minimizing mm. and that there tends to be a lot of excuse making and blame shifting. Sure. And do you find that? I know you've worked specifically with patients in your rotations and correct me if I'm wrong, but you were actually working in an addictive behavioral uh, rotation. Talk talk to me more about that.
0: Yeah, so I spent a good deal of time specifically working with patients that are navigating substance abuse in particular Mm -hmm. as a part of the opioid opioid epidemic as well as alcohol use, cocaine use, um, primarily substances. Um, But I I definitely have have seen this pattern Mm -hmm. of, uh, you know, these are individuals who have gone years of, of experiencing and struggling with these addictions and that their lives are upended, that their relationships are, are hemorrhaging, Mm. that they are not able to hold a job, that they are not able to succeed in school and in their academics and accomplish the things that they want to, because they are so broken down by this addiction. And it breaks my heart how long some individuals go before they would seek help. And I think in part it's because they they don't want to admit that they have a problem, because that can be really hard to do. Sure. And additionally, because the steps required for treatment are really scary. Mm. I think the reality is that that we will not reverse the results and the consequences of our addiction through a few days or weeks of effort. It's actually going to require us being in it for the long haul. Right. And- I think it's important as I, I was even interacting with an individual who was struggling significantly with, with anxiety, um, which is not quite an addiction, but just this notion of mental health that she was really struggling. And I was encouraging her to think about what, what is she willing to do to overcome this anxiety? What would, what steps would she be willing to take for some individuals? It's taking a medication for some, it's taking three medications. Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to talk to your doctor? Are you willing to see a therapist? Are you willing to talk to your parents? Talk to a close friend. Are you willing to take some time off of school? Are you willing to to stop your job for several weeks and enter a residential treatment facility? Some of these things feel like, oh my, that's so dramatic. Or yeah. that feels like that's the hardest. I can't imagine. But then they have years of their lives where they're struggling because mm. they're not willing to make really really, really hard choices. And I empathize because sure. those are incredibly hard. I can't imagine taking a month off of my life to try to get to get my life back together, but is it worth it? I would say yes. Yeah,
1: and in what we have built in our lives over the course of 10, 15, 20 years cannot be reversed mm-hmm. in 10, 15, or 20 days. Right? There's gonna be a long process. And that's true in any counseling situation, any mentoring, anything we have been doing over and over excuse me, and over again for a period of time is not going to just turn on a dime.
0: Yeah. I think a couple practices that can be really helpful for those that are maybe beginning to recognize that they have an addiction, but are not motivated to take those next steps to really address their addiction is first to explore the reasons um, and the ways in particular that this addiction hurts you. And the ways that this addiction hurts others. That you would even write down or engage in a conversation with someone about what are all of the ways that my addiction is hurting me and hurting the people around me. And then, secondly, to begin to instead envision your life and think, Mm. what would my life look like if I didn't have this addiction? Yeah. What would my life look like? You know, even if this addiction continues to play a role what would my life look like if it played a much smaller role instead of being all-consuming and impacting every dimension of my life? I think that, that engaging in some of these practices can really motivate us to take those incredibly difficult steps.
1: Justin, thank you. I'm guessing if you're listening today or if you're viewing this podcast on our YouTube channel and you are struggling with a disease, an addiction... As Justin has helped us to understand, that today would be the day. Not tomorrow, not January 1st, um, but today. Life is way too short. And we've heard today that there is hope, that there is treatment, that there is help around the corner, but it begins with admitting, admitting to a close friend saying it out loud. It's acknowledging the way, as Justin has described for us, the way it has hurt you and hurt others. And then finally, it's time to ask for help. It's time to say enough is enough, draw a line in the sand. I want to ask for help and begin to take that first step. It's not gonna be the only step, but at least the first step today, whatever that step would be meaning and looking like for you to address your addiction. For life coaching, consulting services, or to hire a keynote speaker, please visit dmbcoaching.com.